Welcome to an exciting forum of alternative viewpoints and balanced ideas. This is Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. That's Nav C and Nav M. Confused? Don't be, because two halves always become one. Now join us for an energized hour of global viewpoints and shared ideas, only for you. Now, here are your hosts, Nav and Nav. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. I'm your host, Nav C. And I'm your host, Navem. Welcome to another hour of Alternative Views. This show will help you rethink, reshape and reform ongoing narratives. So the title of today's episode is The Vintage Era of Americana. Can the decade of optimism offer hope for current social apathy amid global uncertainty? And to help us answer this question, we have a very special guest joining us shortly. And she is Sue Moreno, singer, songwriter, performer and multi-talented artist. So before we introduce Sue, let's begin with a brief introduction to today's topic. What is the vintage era of Americana? Firstly, Americana is a broad concept which references the cultural heart and traditional roots of the United States. It includes a wide range of themes from popular culture, music, film, fashion, art, literature, and an overall style of living. But it also stands for deeper ideals such as charm, nostalgia, adventurous spirit, and a sense of liberating the self. But in our frame of reference for this episode, we'll focus on a a certain way of living or a value system that for many is now considered to be lost. And this definition includes the rise of a consumer-based society, the iconic images of JFK and Jackie Kennedy in the 1960s, the silkscreen images produced by pop artist Andy Warhol, important screen figures of the American film industry, and a new era in the music industry, including rock and roll, jazz, blues, and country. So let's take a closer look at the origins of Americana. From the post-war period through to the late 20th century, the vintage era was mainly associated with nostalgia for an idealized way of life and its links with small-town institutions such as the barbershop, family-owned restaurants, ice cream parlors, diners and drive-ins. And Americana was deeply rooted in the experiences of the Great Depression of the 1930s and Afterwards, uh, major social changes were implemented in response to difficult economic conditions when the Second World War finally ended. And the country refocused on, a, on building a better future and what was called a new American way of life, underpinned by a, a national housing shortage and rising affluence among the middle classes. And it was during the 1950s that America emerged as a global economic powerhouse after years of stagnation. And there was a, a constant yearning for looking ahead towards something greater and towards prosperity and a brighter future. And Americana is closely tied to the music industry, which bears its name, referring to a melting pot of genres including folk, gospel, country, bluegrass, rock and roll, R&B and the blues. And interestingly, the roots of various music genres have been known to overlap. 
for instance, if we look at rock and roll, is derived from the contribution of various cultures. And this includes the percussion beats used by African slaves in America, combined with folk music using traditional European instrumentation. Also, it's impossible to discuss the blues without mentioning the conditions in which African-Americans in the deep south of the United States lived during the end of the 19th century. So Americana incorporates a broad symbolism of various music styles born out of a specific cultural and social context. And the diversity of Americana extended well beyond the music industry. And one such discussion surrounds the narrative of femininity and its links to the American dream that individuals are all created equal with universal rights. The American way of life during the 1950s was heavily influenced by the ideology of the housewife because it idealized American society's view of women. Marriage at that time was seen as an aspirational lifestyle for young women in order to create a perceived uh, perfection of existence. But by the end of the 1950s, women began to feel that something was missing from their lives and and a sense of dissatisfaction was expressed at a national level as women sought a life separate from uh, husbands and families. And they began to discover their own independent personalities. And this evolving period marked a key moment for female emancipation. And it represented not only a drive towards female autonomy, but also a revolt against the ideals of female perfection. So it's against this backdrop that Americana reached unprecedented heights due to a shift from folk culture to popular culture. And it was the era of iconic films such as Rebel Without a Cause and the music of Elvis Presley. The 1950s was seen as a decade of glamour and femininity made popular by Hollywood icons such as Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn and Elizabeth Taylor. All of these stars personified style and elegance. And similarly, the 1960s was the era of fashion, focusing on an eclectic style and self-expression. But it was also a decade of profound revolution, protest and change in politics and society. So this is the context in which we introduce today's guest to the Good Morning Canada show. She is an artist who embodies the grace, style and charisma of the vintage era. She is someone who draws strength and a point of reference from the age of nostalgia, but whose powerful lyrics speak to the vision of tomorrow and the future. And as a singer-songwriter, her vocals have been used on the catwalk in Paris in commercials such as the fragrance Flower Bomb by Victor and Rolf and also in a variety of themes for renowned jewellery brand Otazu. She has a solid grounding in, in Americana, and she incorporates many music styles to her repertoire, such as classic country, gospel, jazz, and vintage pop. And her sellout shows and tours have taken her all over the world, including Europe, Scandinavia, and America. And her latest single, I'm Here, is the first release from her forthcoming album, The Memphis Soul Session, Songs of Love and Faith in collaboration with legendary musicians of Royal and Stax fame. And the new single, I'm Here, incorporates the unmistakable Memphis sound in conjunction with her exotic and smoldering vocals. And it will definitely resonate with global audiences with its powerful messages about love, faith, victory, hope and optimism, especially during the current period of uncertainty caused by recent global events. 
And now, live from the Netherlands, here to talk about her new single, her forthcoming album, her life and the passion and soul which drives her, is international singer, songwriter and performer, Sue Moreno. Welcome to Good Morning Canada. Thank you, Never Nev. Thank you for that Welcome. great Thanks, introduction. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, Sue. Great to have you here. How Thank are you, you doing for today? having me. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, that's great. Uh, we have uh, so much to get through through this, fir- through this first segment. So we'd like to start with your early background and influences. So you mm-hmm. grew up in uh, Den Bosch, which is a small city, approximately 80 kilometers from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. So what was uh-huh. it like growing up there? Um, tell us a bit about your formative years at school, etc. <laughs> Yeah, well, I grew up in the South in a a very caring family, and I was always surrounded by lots of music and love. Um, I was, it was pretty protected as well, and um, as a child, I was very creative and always involved with music and all kinds of art and animals, and I always felt different too. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, and what was your first um, introduction to the world of music and singing? Um, well, my most vivid memory is uh, when I was about six years old, my daddy gave me his old record player and a few of his uh, 45s. And um, some of them were Elvis records and I fell in love with that right away and that's when my love for um, music began actually with Elvis and I remember I started asking for his records on my birthdays and um, at some point my dad told me there's so much more other great music besides Elvis so but um, we really shared our music and uh, shows and everything together and so those are very dear childhood memories and um, in my early teens I went to music school and that's where I was taught the basic in music you know reading music and playing and performing and um, in the concept of what we're talking about my new music uh, my new album today is my first band actually that I formed when I was about 15 years old was called Memphis so wonderful (laughs) So that, yeah. that all falls into place. Yeah, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. so good. So, Sue, uh, what was the, uh, your earliest um, memory of uh, um, Elvis Presley in terms of, you know, the, the first single or uh, track that you listened to? Uh, because you mentioned that, you know, your dad introduced yeah. you. So what do you remember at that time? You know, one of those 45s that I got, and um, I remember uh, loving the up-tempo songs. I don't recall. Well, there's one song, A Mess of Blues, actually, that I that I really, really liked. And um, it's just the whole, you know, the, the first movie I saw was one of his um, 60s movies, of course, uh, Fun in Acapulco. And... Um, Somehow that that's always <laughs> stayed one of my my favorites. You know, it just has so many memories. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. 
Um, yes. And so, you know, just going come back to your school experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, were you were, were you involved in you know um, uh, like drama groups or singing uh, activities? You know, after school or something like that. Is that how your uh, interest developed as well at the same time? Um, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I was always involved with a lot of music, especially at home, listening to a lot of, uh, well, more vintage-style music. Um, but I remember um, singing at school parties. I was involved in theater, and, um, of course, I was going to music school and um, surrounded by people playing music and, um, you know, doing my first appearances. Just in, you know, in a small town where I grew up. So oh, okay. Oh, that's 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 lovely. So, so when we look back at the uh, vintage era, you've uh, referenced some iconic names in your posts. Uh, you know, various male icons such as Elvis, um, Dean Martin, Marty Robbins, mm-hmm. but also superstar. You know, female icons such as uh, Peggy Lee, Jane Russell, Rita Hayworth, and Marilyn Monroe. So, mm-hmm. which of these stars has had the biggest influence on your career and style? You think? Well, um, I think, you know, Elvis, uh, you know, how, how he came to be the main man in my life and right. his songs and style and charisma that really touched me. And, um, but then of course I opened up to a lot more different styles of music, but, um, uh, and I think that's where it comes from as a performer that I also like to sing a lot of different styles from ballads to bassa to country to gospel and um, as long as I can feel it as when it's music that comes from the heart yeah. and um, with a bass like mine you know it, it runs pretty deep so <laughs> and um, um, a lot of the, the music that came out from this era um, like Nav inter- you know what, what he said in the uh uh, introduction. Um, it's it's like the variety that most artists had in that time period. For me, the that forties, uh, fifties, and sixties even music is pure and real. And um, I love to focus on every aspect of the performing arts. You know, so for me, it's the music. It's it's not just music. It's uh, acting and dancing and everything together, you know, that was pretty usual those days as well. And, um, and, and, and that's I just got a lot of inspiration from the... I'm sorry? Sorry, no, I was just saying, so, so the, the, that's how many people have described that era. It was very authentic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just got a lot of inspiration from um, old Hollywood, old Hollywood stars, like you mentioned, Marilyn Monroe, Rita Hayworth, and I, I just love how they carry themselves and strong, beautiful women, but very feminine and very classy and very elegant. And um, I just remember one time I called my music Old Hollywood Glamour Turned Into Music. So <laughs> that, that kind of says a lot. Yes. So, um, in short, that's uh, that's the reason why you have such a strong connection with this era, you know, because of all the factors that you mm-hmm. just talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's that's so good. That's lovely. So, mm-hmm. so um, 
just uh, again coming to your background so you you have um, so I find this fascinating that, um, I mean you have two master's degrees you know one from uh, Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, one from uh, a Dutch university, Utrecht. Um, your education covers a vast array of disciplines, acting, directing, screenwriting, theatrical production. You're a trained mm-hmm. um, classical ballet dancer. You've trained at music school. Um, you, you, you are also uh, you're trained in voice coaching. You've done modeling and you've done drama, stage work and theater. You've done film. So I find oh, this fascinating. Oh, I should write that, a book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how did you find the time to do all these amazing things, um, you know, oh, it, you know, know, at such a young age? And, and what was driving <laughs> you to constantly improve your skill set? Yeah, well, you know, when we were talking about school earlier, um, I was thinking, you know, when I was about, when I finished high school, when I was uh, 17 years old, I, I, you know, I always wanted to go to America because that's the roots of the whole Americana, what you explained. And um, and so I went there and uh, as a nanny, I worked uh, as as a nanny during the day and uh, I sang at night, well, not every night, but... Um, and I remember when I got back to Holland, um, I felt like five years older because I, you know, I learned so much and I've gone through so many things and it it sometimes feels like, um, (laughs) um, I've done so much in my life already that I don't know how, you know, how all that fits in. (laughs) So you're being very, um, very modest there, Sue, being very modest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's who I am. Yeah, but um, I've always just been working on music, and I I started singing when I was very young, and um, um, you know the whole the whole package, uh, every aspect of music and performing arts is what counts to me. So, um, and to have all those bases covered, you know, um, I think one doesn't go without the other, and uh, everything I learned and did turned out to be uh, very useful in my, my musical career. So from modeling to acting to dancing to the theater production and everything. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a broad uh, repertoire, Sue. And, and given this mm-hmm. background, given all of these qualifications uh, that you work towards, um, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd just like to ask you, at, at what point did you decide to um, that you, you had all these different um, skills but at what point did you decide that I'm going to go into singing now as a professional career? Well, to me, it was really, um, it, it just all goes together. And, I, you know, the main thing always was music. Um, and, you know, the vintage uh, years, the 40s, 50s, and that was all, you know, that's the way it was. Um those, you know, the old uh, studio system was um, people were able to dance and sing and do everything, really, you know. For me, it's all connected. Yeah, I mean, that, and, that, uh, that, def- that definitely makes sense. I mean, what, what mm-hmm. you're saying there, that because, you know, there, there are so many themes going on at the same time. Um, and and it's, it's interesting that... Uh, that you, if we look at all of these themes and these styles, such as Americana, Memphis soul, gospel, jazz, crooners, Latin, country, and 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 you're well versed in all of these. But out of all of these, 
styles, which one do you think has influenced you the most? Yeah, that's almost like what I've been doing. <laughs> it's like I, I, I kind of like to, uh, I, I think every style influenced me, and uh, I don't really stick to one style when I'm singing. It's just what I feel, and it's like like the, the acting and singing. This is all connected to me as well. just depends on what I want to um, put across. And, um, yeah, I can't really say one, one style really... Uh, it's, it's the main influence or anything. Um, it's like uh, how I listen to, to Elvis a lot. I also had, um, um, I, I, I used to listen to Anne Mar- Margaret a lot because she combined country and jazz and crooners. And I kind of like that, you know, and, and after a while you figure out what suits your voice best. And it's like a combination of those, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so diverse, and um, it's you know we found yeah. that fascinating when when we were you know uh, researching your your bio. But um, yeah, just just uh, uh, also, moving on to, I mean, the, we, you know, we've seen from your all of your uh, album covers, and you know the. Uh, uh, the signature style that you have, um, the concept of feminism is is such a strong part of your personal style and visual brand. Um, so, what is it about feminism from this particular era, from the vintage era that you identify with so strongly? Um, well, what I what I really love about those vintage years is that the women were feminine. And they really dressed the part, and they took their time for hair and makeup and clothing and style. <laughs> and that's something that I really miss sometimes in the modern times because, it, you know, it's all fast and quick. And I, I just like to, for me, I mean, it's everybody's choice, of course, but I like to take my time to dress and not just slip into a shirt or something. And uh, many people think... Um, well, you know what it what you see on pictures is like what you you kind of dress for the picture, but it's who I am. I always put that way, you know. I just like to take care of myself, and I love being a woman. Um, I like to carry that out, and um, so it's not really the the feminism that was uh, uh, happening later on. Um, and for me, it's just a huge difference between men and women. And for me, in my humble opinion, it should stay that way. <laughs> uh, that's a be- absolutely beautiful sentiments there, Sue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sue, coming back to what we were just talking about here. So, what is your personal definition of being feminine? I mean, can you explain the idea? Oh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> just um, to... Because uh, you, you wow, mentioned about that's, uh, that's the, very the, difficult doing, to doing, doing the hair, for instance. Yeah, just to, to really take care of yourself and not try to um, take over <laughs> man roles or something. I don't know, <laughs> you know. And what, what you mentioned for it, I mean, it's not that um, I'm, I'm very independent, of course. But then there's always. Um, 
you know, the family, man, woman, and, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, well, it can go both, both ways, I guess. Uh, well, I, I think we've. Um, I think you've summed it up quite honestly, uh, so beautifully mm-hmm. in the in the in those uh, that definition that you said earlier. But Sue, I'd li- I'd like to just move on um, because uh, shortly mm-hmm. we'll be coming up to a, uh, a break, and I'd like to ask mm-hmm. you uh, because we're, we'll be coming in talking about your new single and the new album very soon. But I'd just like to v- very quickly ask you: uh, Everyone's been affected by uh, the current uh, COVID nineteen. And I'd like to quickly discuss how has it impacted your profession in relation to the music business? And as an artist and performer, what are your viewpoints on the current situation? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's the impact is, of, you know, all the measurements is, is really huge because uh, we can't do our work and more particularly uh, cannot share music on stage. And for me, performing is all about, you know, touching hearts and connecting. And there aren't many people that that really realize how much the whole cultural sector is at a standstill. And um, there's just a lot going on. Um, it, you know, it's... it's um, very um, difficult for small businesses and independents and artists and musicians um, who are being pushed to the edge, really, with, you know, the big companies thriving, really. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite difficult to not be able to really, in my situation, having a new album out. I just wanted to release because of the message and because I don't want to stand still, but Normally, um, it's, you know, so necessary to have promotional shows and do theater tours. And that was actually already in the planning, but now everything is, you know, canceled. And uh, so we can't do anything. So all the uh, uh, normal ways of of running your business is just... uh, uh, it's all stops, you know. So that's very, so you, you def- very difficult. Yeah. You definitely feel there's there's a silence at the moment in terms of um, being able to communicate with your audience and your fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's all online now, which is the opposite of what normally for me music stands for. It's about connecting people and it's about giving them a good feeling, and it's very difficult to do that. In front of a screen, for example, or um, yeah, and and for me also, I um, I started working on my record last year in Memphis, um, but I I wanted to finish it over there, but then everything changed and I couldn't go back, and so um, um, I found the perfect studio and people here to finish over uh, in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, so everything is really, uh, really changed and the possibility to really touch people and to really, um, you know, have that, um, the connection and to really, um, get close to people. That's just 
very difficult yeah, that, to not that's be able so, to that's do that. That's absolutely beautifully said, Sue, and I think you've, you've summed it up so so uh, concisely and, and, and so beautifully mm. for the listeners. So we're, we're coming up to a short break now, and there's much more to come in the next segment where we'll have an opportunity to listen to a short section from Sue's new single, I'm Here, and we'll be discussing the meaning behind her forthcoming album and its significance at this point in her career. See you soon. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. To find out more about us and the ideas behind our show, visit our website at gmc-radio.com. That's gmc-radio.com. Now, back to Good Morning Canada. Welcome back. You're listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. Great to have your company. We are in conversation with Sue Moreno. So let's uh, begin this segment by playing a short section from Sue's uh, latest single, I'm Here, which is taken from her forthcoming album, The Memphis Soul Sessions, Songs of Love and Faith. This marks a huge uh, significant moment in Sue's career where she describes the entire album as the the record of her life. It's a seminal moment for this multi-talented artist because it's a reflection of her soul and an opportunity to speak directly to her fan base and listening audiences worldwide and about powerful themes such as hope, looking forward, healing, love and light. So if I could just ask the production team to play the single now, please. What would you say to your children living in this world today? How would you address them? How can we pray when the you 
absolutely wonderful, Sue. So uh, let's turn to your new single, I'm Here. It's the first release from your forthcoming album, The Memphis Soul Sessions, Songs of Love and Faith. You've described the entire album as the record of your life. So uh, let's turn to your new single, uh, I'm Here. Uh, It's the first release from your forthcoming album, The Memphis Soul Sessions, Songs of Love and Faith. Mm -hmm. And you've described the entire album as the record of your life. So uh, my first question is that um, the album was actually recorded on tape, on audio tape. So what was the reason behind this, considering everything well, the digital process? Yeah, it, I, I just happened to... Um, um, I, I, after the, the, the way this, this whole album started was... Um, I, I lost both my parents uh, too young of age, and um, I, I took uh, care of a lot of things for that and, you know, trying right. to give uh, the missing part a place. And then I figured, well, now it's time for me to make a record of my life, and um, I wanted to uh, do and decide everything myself in the process, and I just felt like uh, it was time to go back to America. And um, I contacted the studio I worked at before in Nashville, which was uh, an analog studio. And right. um, they know how to, um, how to uh, handle the vintage kind of music. And, um, but it turned out they were moving to Memphis. And so with my love for Elvis, it was clear to me that it was, kind of meant to be, and so I started right. thinking about Memphis music and Roots music and 60s soul, and, um, but but it just uh, happened to be the uh, an analog studio. For me, that's, that's another thing that's pure about the music, because um, you record it all live, and um, it's... Um, well, it's just a, a totally a different process. And um, well, that, yeah, then it all makes sense considering you know the kind of artist yeah. you are. So, uh, when did yeah. you actually originally start writing "I'm Here"? And um, just uh, briefly, like, what's the what is the importance of the record to you? You know, what, how, why is it so special? Yeah, well, even though I wrote most of the songs myself for my record, yeah. this is a song that Lester Snell came up with. And he wrote right. it especially for me, and we worked it out together, and we arranged it um, while it was, uh, well, you know, during our first uh, Memphis session. And um, um, so um, when we did the uh, the vocal recording, finally, uh, we did that here in the Netherlands, and we when we did the mixing, everybody felt the same, like this should be the single for the message and everything that, you know, the meaning of it in today's world. Absolutely. absolutely. And and Sue, can you just go through those, um, uh, you you know, the meanings uh, that that you're trying to convey to to your uh, audience? What what, what are the key messages that you're trying to get across in in this song? Uh Uh-huh. Well, what people don't realize is when they see the title, the song is not about me. It's called I'm Here, but it's about God who is always there, and uh, it's about hope and uplifting spirit, 
and um, how to deal with the world we live in today. And for me, it really stands for how light always defeats darkness. And um, I'm here, so you're never alone. And thoughts of hope and life and power. And I think it's important to think about um, how we are all light, and you know, how, how to be the light and not fall into negative thoughts and feelings, which is very easy these days, you know? And it's, it's a, for me, God is love and light, so... And in, in the lyrics, like, what I'm singing, I am love, I am peace, I am joy beyond compare, but we all have that in us, so it, it's just I, very important to shine, you know? I think it's uh, the lyrics are very appropriate to what we are going through at the current moment. You know, the the ray of hope, light, and you know, it it, it mm-hmm. resonates really exactly. well with people because everybody is going through such a difficult time. So no, that's absolutely um, yeah. wonderful. I've listened yeah. to the single so many times, and it's it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So that's You're the welcome. reason why You're welcome. I wanted to come out with that first. And, and Sue, yeah. w- was there a, a a particular creative process um, w- when you wrote this song? Uh, can you explain that to to the listeners in terms of uh, was it different from the way you'd r- written other songs? You know, w- just briefly take us through the the, uh, the creative process uh, of this particular song. I'm here. Um. Well, in general, usually I I. You know, I have a song idea in my head. I I write it down um, with my guitar, and I, you know, I write the basic music and the basic um, arrangement. I usually have it all in my head, and then um, as I was uh, working things out with the studio, we got the guys together because they're all legendary sex people that got together for me to work on this record one more time. And when I first got to Memphis, the first session I did there, um, I, uh, Lester Snell, who was, you know, the man of Shaft and everything, um, I asked him to be my team captain. And so with him, I worked out all the arrangements. And um, we started recording uh, just with the basic instruments. And um, it was a, you know, huge recording room and just bass guitar and drums, piano. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, it just kind of grows as you, it's, it's very um, inspiring to see how uh, when you come up with a song, sitting, you know, in your bathroom or whatever with a guitar and a piece of paper, how that grows into this song. And especially the second time I went to Memphis, we had the Memphis horns join in and we did the backing vocals and how it's turning into this beautiful creation of song, you know? that's uh, It's just a very nice um, build-up thing of, of this little tune that I had in my head and sometimes I wake up with a song in my head and I start working it out and um, for me it was good to do it in two different sessions because uh, when I got back to the Netherlands um, I had a couple of months and I uh, I, you know I had the, the specific sound in my head 
what we could do, what we could manage with these great, great musicians and to really get to um, uh, this style to get the best out of everybody. And that's, that's kind of how it, how it worked out. That's beautiful, Sue. And and just coming back to uh, the you know the theme of Memphis in in, in mm-hmm. twenty sixteen, you contributed to an Elvis tribute project called Duets. And so uh, mm-hmm. and and earlier there was in twenty eleven there was a European tour with the original band members of Elvis Presley, which was just just so amazing when 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 I first found this, you know, in your bio. But mm-hmm. how did these projects come about? And and was this a change in direction yeah. for you? Well, you know, Elvis was a huge influence in my life and a big inspiration. And I, I actually performed at many Elvis festivals during my career. And I'm always honored to to be asked for, you know, to, to perform at one of those shows. I I even got uh, flown in a festival in um, Wisconsin, I believe it was. That was a pure Elvis-related festival with big names. And um, I, I had a... Um, uh, is a popular singer here, Martin Jonsson, who uh, I've known him for many years through the Elvis shows that we did, or and he's a friend, you know, and we we talked about doing an Elvis record together for a while, and then finally we uh, got together and we worked out some of those songs, and um, yeah, that's how, that's when we did that record, and uh, it was actually. Um, a project that we did for um, Elvis' 40th anniversary uh, of his mm-hmm. passing. But then right. uh, I was still involved with my mom, and she passed as well, so we didn't really promote the album properly. And um, But the Elvis tour that I did was, um, well, it's just very special. I was just asked to perform with the musicians of my hero, Elvis, so... And that was for two years. We toured uh, throughout Europe. And, um, you know, as a child, being so involved with Elvis and his music, I could have never dreamed of, you know, doing this. So I, I, I've i come to meet uh, many of Elvis's musicians and friends uh, throughout the years. And uh, that's always been very special because, well, because of my... Um, um, my feelings for his music, and um, when you end up working with them, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah that that's a that's a beautiful journey, so really is. Yeah, it must have been so is. special, you know, just being able to you know, uh, yeah. you know to work with with his team, his uh, original band members. So um, mm-hmm. coming back, um, so musically, uh, 2012 to 2019 was a busy period for you in relation to perfecting, you know, the Nashville Memphis sound. So would you say mm-hmm. that this style is where you feel most comfortable at this point in your career? Um, well, I don't, I don't really believe in coincidences. Just everything leads up to where I am today. And um, I think Nashville and Memphis certainly helped out, helped work out my my style and my career. And I'm very comfortable singing Americana. You know, it's just my roots music. That's where it all came from. And um, I, I, uh, yeah, where I am now is is 
you know, it all makes sense and it's all all exactly where it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So you've worked with uh, many big names over the years, uh, you know, such as various studio musicians like the popular UK band uh, Jack Rabbit Slim, Royal and Stack Fame, Chris Casello, to mm-hmm. name just a few. So who else would you like to work or collaborate with? Is there, you know, any sort of thoughts on that? Um, well, there's always um, a lot of opportunities. And I, like you said, I, uh, I had the pleasure to work with quite some great names. Yep. And some of them I met at my shows or I got requests to work together. Um, it just happens, really. And it's not really uh, someone that I can think of now that I'd like to work with. Um, right. I'm just, you know, people like Trini Lopez that I that I um, got in touch with and I visited him and we jammed together. And those are just very treasured memories now, of course. Um, and it, it's just a lot of people that I, uh, I, you know, I'm just honored to to uh, have worked with them. No, that's that, that's that's uh, quite a lot. You know, you it's like one of those moments, you know, that you've always wanted, and it's happening to you. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So well, uh, you know, the people you... that worked with Alphys. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not many people can say that. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, coming. Um, no. Uh, if we come back to what we were talking about. So could you just like briefly describe to the listeners how your music has changed from your first record, which is Dream You in 2002, to your latest work uh, in relation uh-huh. to technique or delivery or how your singing style has changed along the way? So just a brief, you know, sort of um, dive into yeah. that. Yeah. Well, for my first record, <laughs> I was so <laughs> unaware and so young, <laughs> and oh. everything was taken care of by uh, a label, and I really, really didn't really have a clue. <laughs> um, right. And it wouldn't be right if I sounded the same as I did back then. But, um, you know, going along, I found my, my style and confidence, and that brought me to where I am today. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's only uh, normal to sound different from what I did back then. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, I'm, I'm sure, you know. And, and exactly, uh, what, you know, how I'm just totally comfortable and everything makes sense, how I, you know, my looks and my performance and my voice and everything for me is like, it's all come together. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful look. Very sleek. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. I, I mean, I mean, you, you can <laughs> see you. that, uh, Sue. That you know, it's just uh, it, it's just so well perfected. You know, the the the. Uh, the image, the style, the you know, the delivery of your voice, the tone, etc. So it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, and everyone can see that it's an amazing journey. And w- what I'd like mm-hmm. to ask right now, Sue, I mean, given that you've had such a, um, a amazing career over the years, and especially what you've done recently with Memphis and Nashville, what do you, what would you say? What are the obstacles that you've had to overcome? Um, uh, perhaps you could start professionally. Well, what are the ov- uh, obstacles you've had to overcome to get to where you are today? Um, well, I think, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not something that happens overnight. You've got to be on it 
all the time. And um, when people are not involved in music business, um, sometimes they even think uh, you just go out on a Saturday night to do your show, and then the rest of the week you you know you sleep in and <laughs> and everything. But it's it's really hard work to um, you know get the right attention for your music and uh, to really stay on top of it all. And like I said before, I, I I've gone through. Uh, um, personal things, sad things, and, you know, losing my parents and everything. Um, I really uh, noticed that time when you are uh, kind of holding back, it kind of slips away, and you really got to work hard to be on top of it again. But that's normal, of course. But um, And another thing that's happening while we were talking about that first record I did, um, there are some uh, infringement issues uh, of the label that I was working for at the time, it's taken over by another label, and um, they are releasing material which is not um, um, uh, official, and it's it's you know it's uh, recordings that are not meant to be released. So that's quite a hassle when things like that happen. It's just. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so how, how does that affect you on a day-to-day basis? Well, uh, at the time, I didn't realize that I didn't sign anything, which is, you know, because I was so young and I did not have a clue. <laughs> um, but, um, and then, um, I'm talking about like 18, maybe even 20 years ago, um, um, there was no uh, mention of, um, you know, Internet. Uh, streaming and it was just CD or not, you know. So we had my first CD out, and that was it. And then later on, it turned out there were the the things that we tried out also were recorded, and that's all over the internet now. So every time, uh, you know, we we've been involved in in um, uh, legal things, and but it's just very hard to fight these people. And I think that's just part of being an artist and people trying to. Um, you know, make money over your back or something, or um, it's just very difficult because it's, it's, it pops up, you know, and you can't really fight it unless you go in huge um, court, <laughs> uh, you know, legal stuff. So, so, so um, because we're, we're just coming up to the, the, the last segment now, so... Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. What what are your future plans? Uh, do you have any collaborations, you know, um, in sight or new, um, you know, any new tour on the horizon? Any future collaboration? Will you be coming to North America? Well, I hope so. Um, first, um, it's all you know, focus on the album, and we're doing it step by step now because of you know the global situation and um i can't wait to hit the road again and to set everything up so the original plan was to have these guys come over and do some you know bigger shows and jazz shows and things over here but i don't know when or if that you know when when that's going to be possible um i was actually also uh asked to do shows in memphis and but of course, all that's canceled now. Um, but still, 
beside the album, I'm always full of ideas and inspiration. And the beginning of this year, I was um, this year I was touring in Spain, and um, we were talking about recording an, an EP there. And I actually started writing for that. I wrote two old school country songs, but then we couldn't continue. So that's kind of, you know, um, on the shelves as well. But um, so, so, so I'm, um, I'm just going to come in now with some like, final remarks, and and we really uh-huh. appreciate that. Uh, all the information that you've given to our listeners. So, uh, so just going to wrap up now with some final remarks. So, we started this mm-hmm. episode with a discussion about the vintage era of Americana, and and we raised a question at the beginning: Can the decade of optimism offer hope for current social apathy amid global uncertainty? And I think after listening to Sue for the past hour, I think we can answer that with a categoric yes, because Americana was a moment in history when tradition and nostalgia intersected with modernity and the vintage era was a cultural phenomenon which represented deeper ideals about the human experience such as nostalgia a sense of adventure and liberating the self and although it encapsulated an all-american concept it's it's proved to be an inspirational theme for artists such as sue and and many individuals all over the world because of its quintessential idealism the romanticism of yearning a projection of some new and we've seen the same values enshrined in Sue Moreno's new single I'm Here because it reverberates about the heart and traditional roots of the United States and and we hear profound symbolism of hope healing courage and always looking ahead and we call this idealism cultural optimism because it allows us to preserve the past while projecting courage and thereby creating an authentic future and that's all we have time for in today's episode many thanks for listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. We really appreciated your company and a big, big thank you to our special guest today, the multi-talented Sue Moreno. To find out more about Sue, please visit her website www.suemoreno.com You can find out about her new single, I'm Here, and all her other amazing work as well as new updates and forthcoming projects. And if you'd like to contact us, please go online at gmc-radio.com and email us at info at gmc-radio.com. Thanks very much. Well, thank you, Nevanev and Voice America and all the listeners. Um, I really appreciate your time and attention. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Good Morning Canada. Please join NAVC and NAVM for another great program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon.